Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Let me turn mine up too, Justin, because you know y'all 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 thought we were playing with the volume. Everybody could do oh, the volume solo. Well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Just turned up the gain to like twenty uh, from zero. Fuck yeah, guys. Anyway, <laughs> are we loud enough now? <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember back in the days when people were like, "Uh, we can't hear Jay Stoops." I was like, "Yeah, I don't." I, apparently, I just had a bad microphone. I don't know. It's hard to. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to tell. I mean, you got a good one now, though. Like, yeah, now it's good. Now we yeah. have the same microphone. Now we got the same mic. You know, like different colors. Ex- see, this is why I like us. We're like we're mm-hmm. like the Power Rangers. It's like you're yeah. you're silver. I'm black. Well, this is actually blue. Here, let mm-hmm. me put it up for if this ever goes on YouTube, so people can actually see the microphone. Oh wow, that actually sounds way better without the fucking muff on it. Okay. People are going to, I don't hear a difference, but I hear a difference. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is all that matters. They are still very phallic, though. Like we're They not, are. Yeah, for we're, sure. We're both talking into a couple of dicks. Um, I mean, these <laughs> these Yeti microphones, they definitely, it's like they just went for it. They did, they did it on purpose. They're like giggling in their offices like, right now. All the pretty mics are like $1,000. Like, you yeah. know, you see those ones that like look like, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not spending a thousand dollars on a microphone no, right now. No. Maybe I'll get to that point. Bruno career. Mars. No. I know, I'm right? Not, <laughs> not gonna do all that, but it's fine. We got great mics. I think. Yeah. I think we have great mics. I love. I our think, quality. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. I fall asleep to our conversations sometimes, like yeah. a, like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> we put our we we I we put ourselves to sleep. I love I love that about it's, us. It's it's peaceful. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we have like the peaceful like podcast voices, which. I kind of dig. I, mean, I kind of yeah, dig. People, it's a hidden talent. It's one of those things that, like, I was always like self-conscious about my voice. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like most people like are because you don't really hear like the way that you actually sound. And yeah. then I got on the internet, and people were like, "Oh my god, your voice is like so relaxing." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Really?" That okay. internet validation, yeah, yeah. Because I don't like my voice either. Like, I can't pin my voice between being black man deep or like very high pitched annoying nerd. <laughs> like I can't choose between no, I the mean, two. It's true though because like it's I, I when I get I like and it's, if I have to do like I was doing um an ad a sponsored post recently um the one for Eternals oh, yeah. and uh I had to like reshoot some stuff and I was like I cannot I cannot replicate my pitch like, I, <laughs> I I get in a place and like the pitch of my voice is like it, trying to get back to that space yep. oh it's nearly impossible so I was like oh so frustrating the thing that's the worst because I had to reshoot some stuff today too uh it was I can't tell y'all what it's for just yet because it's not out yet but they uh I recorded something in one set of clothes and then they said hey can you re- oh. like re-record the whole thing and I was just kind of like Okay, because the the problem was that I was wearing name brand stuff 
and you uh, can't yeah. have that. So they were, hey, can you do like some non-branded stuff? So I had to put on my generic ass blue shirt that says yes on it and redo everything. So I had to replace each clip with the same pitch, the same thing. And oh. <laughs> so yeah, I just that's... look at it. Oh, that's how I said it. And then I repeat it just in different clothes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's so... Uh, well, but... people don't realize people don't realize how much of a hassle it can be i mean it's it's you know it's i i enjoy doing it um mm-hmm. and hey if i'm getting paid i'm like okay you know i can i can make it work i'll do whatever but you sometimes want. it is like and that's the other thing too is like i don't think people realize like content creation like what what you know the specific genre that we do yeah it's it's so much work on one person because yes. like People will like compare sometimes, you know, things like, oh, like you're like this YouTube channel, like watch Mojo or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I mean, even even YouTube channels now have like, you know, the big YouTube channels have like production teams and stuff like it's it's more than one person sometimes. I mean, sometimes it is one person, but even then it's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. A lot of editing, a lot of I mean, like. It's, yeah. uh, it's I need a, a it's fucking a editor. I'm sitting on top of a red notice uh, review for YouTube, and I should have done it yesterday, but I'm dreading editing it today before the movie comes out on Friday. So I'm just like, I also have a Q&A video that I have to edit. It's it's a whole hassle. I really want someone on my team to just be like, yo, I'll do it for free because I'm broke. I mean, um, you need that place. You need, you're at that place where you need, the, um, you need a whole team. I need a whole team, fucking team, and I can't team afford Goofy. Them. Team <laughs> Straw Hat. We're all going to Team Straw Hat, the startup, <laughs> where you won't be getting paid. A lot of people will accuse me of running a sweatshop and having terrible working conditions. But I'm like, bro, this is how I work. Yeah, and you always bring a positive attitude. So hey, that's, exactly. I'll bring you're donuts. already way ahead of 90% of every boss hey, I've ever had. So. Hey, I'll bring them a smile and some great-ass jelly donuts. That's what I can bring you if you want to work for me. So, I mean, you know, that's hey, not a bad offer. And if, it, and if you know, who knows, if I do blow up money-wise, then you could be the first on, on the team that was here when it started, when you were just getting paid in smiles and donuts and hugs. I'm, I you know, know. It sounds like a real opportunity for me to, <laughs> to make. Get in on the ground floor. Just get in on the ground floor. <laughs> That's essentially what Geeks of the Week is right now. Like we're just literally yeah. like we're not we're not getting paid. We're just literally doing this for the fun of it. And soon, guys, we want to sell out. We want yeah. to sell out so yeah. bad. We're <laughs> super ready. Every time somebody on Twitter is like, "You're an industry plant," I'm like, "I fucking wish, dude. I wish I was. Like, can you? You know how much they get paid." <laughs> I would love it if uh, anybody out there, I am available to hey, shill your movies. Hey, I will show anything you want me to show. I will talk about the worst movies that you will put out, and I will put a glowing re- a glowing star on it. Four well, stars. The funny thing, too, is like, I know you get this, too. Um, but like when people are like, oh, like you're clearly you're just you're just saying good things about it because like they're paying you or whatever. And it's like. Mm. They they do not give a shit if I care. like the movie or not. They, they don't just care. want me exposure. Be, the point of being there, the point of doing yep. things. Yep. Um. Like yeah. Like they they don't they don't care if we like it or not. The yep. point is we're talking about it. Yeah. Frankly, someone like me, like I literally just posted <laughs> that video today. Where like look at all the hate that I get. They probably love it if I would say I don't like it because yeah. that'll that'll drive engagement That's and then true. people will be like, "Well, Jay Stoops has shit take any trash takes anyways, <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna love this movie." Exactly, <laughs> like, you're using you're using the negativity against them, and exactly. they know that they're like, "Oh, Jay Stoops, Stoopsy, if you talk shit about our movies, 
the most fucked up dumbass people will try and will see the movie out of spite. Genius! Yeah. It's genius! Well, it's, like, it's like every time like uh, conservatives get mad at an NFL player or something and then they yep. like buy jerseys to yep. burn. And yep. it's like, okay, you're, well. You're literally defeating... <laughs> like you're literally defeating the purpose it's defeat like what are you doing <laughs> yeah it's like you know uh okay well Dang. uh look, i feel like look. we got to the same conclusion but we got different you guys <laughs> different know steps. i did this recently i did this recently you guys all know how i'm trying to get to the spider-man no way home premiere you guys know this shit okay like i would mm-hmm. do anything to do this right if anybody wants me there too i am also available to just saying away. we're here we're here <laughs> Oh, but today and and last night, I talked mad shit on that Spider-Man No Way Home poster. I was yeah. talking shit. That yeah. poster is awful. I am so sorry. Like, I'm excited <laughs> for the movie. Spider-Man's still my dude. That poster is shit. Like, I that that can't be real. It can't. I be just real. think the biggest thing to me about the Spider-Man poster is I'm just like. It's I don't think design wise it's like the worst poster ever. I think it's kind of boring, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like if this was the poster you were gonna release, you could have released it with the teaser trailer. You know, like you, it's not. I'm just saying. I'm just not, saying you you could have did that. It's not giving anything else. It's you know? literally like, the trailer in poster yeah. form. If it would have came out right after, I would not be nearly as like exactly livid. It's like okay, <laughs> sure. Here's a trailer like close up of Spider Man. It's yeah, it's the exact same pose as like one of the very few scenes that we saw of him in the suit in the teaser. Literally. But, um, okay, sure. It's, you know, but now, like, they held out for so long. It was like, oh, well, what's the poster going to reveal? Turns out, um, nothing. <laughs> you know what's, you know what's killing me is, like, everyone's getting so, like, quiet and going ape, like, they're getting so wild and ape shit over the tiny green goblin in the background. Like, they found, like, they found something, like, they found some like, incriminating. Like, like, we didn't see Tom and Willem Dafoe <laughs> laughing in the teaser. I'm just, oh, my God. Everyone's like, oh, it's the green confirmed. goblin. Oh my god! It's just like guys, we knew he was gonna be in this movie, and like the poster, literally, like it might as well have a giant sign that says like Green Goblin, like right here. I know he's like all blurred out, like ten thousand feet away, just like yeah, I'm in the background. It's just like, <laughs> come on, guys, like people keep saying, did you see the Green Goblin? Yes, I saw the Green Goblin. How could you yeah. miss it? You know. Yeah. But the things that kill me is also like the one stream of electricity, just like the meow, electricity. And they're just like, oh, yeah, Sandman's in it, but we can't really confirm him. But here's some fucking, like, dust in the back. Oh, ominous dust. (laughs) It's Thomas Hayden Church is the dust. Wouldn't that be fucking dope if it was Dust the X-Men? Like, (laughs) it's not Sandman. Why not? Let's just fucking, Sony is just fucking off the walls right now. By the way, tonight, in case you're listening, I don't know what t- what day you're listening to this, but today is the day. Um, I don't know what the date is. Um, it is the eighth, ninth. It is the eighth uh, well, right it's now. The, yeah, it's, the, it's the ninth it, for you. It's the ninth in the in the a.m. You're in the future. Oh, but yeah, yeah, I'm only again an hour away. But uh, <laughs> there's some big uh, Spider-Man leaks. I don't. I still don't know what they are. I'm you know what? Hoping I can avoid them. Um, I but saw I, it, and I'm so upset that I did. <laughs> I'm I hoping. S- yeah, that sucks. I'm, I'm really hoping <sighs> that they will actually release the trailer tomorrow, mm-hmm. and it will be fine for me. Yeah, but yeah, Sony's been really. Uh, I don't know. I, some, I, 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 don't I don't know what they need to get some people. Like maybe they need you know, a threatening figure. To, you know, <laughs> Sony. Sony has been. 
very genius like sony has been very genius while at the same time being very like like what are you doing like it feels like it feels like almost uh, there's they're doing happy accidents but these accidents are all part of a bigger plan yeah. right it's almost like too smart to where you gotta wonder are you doing this on purpose is this a joke like because because obviously they're using the us the rumor mill and the and the leaks to their advantage, right? They're they're just yeah. kind of like you know making us run wild with speculation. It's the most anticipated movie of twenty twenty one, I will say, and they and they're and they're fully aware of that. And I feel like you know these leaks and then the fact that they're allowing these leaks to happen. You know they don't even say anything. Like they don't yeah. even say anything when these leaks happen. There's no oh like make sure you guys temper expectations. Kevin Feige's out there fucking saying that, but they're just kind of sitting back, just like hey hey, if you. You know, hey, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> whatever happens. How happens. excited are you? You know, it's it, and I feel like it's a bad kept secret that Toby and Andrew are in the film. Like, I think it's a I bad mean, kept it's secret. It's one of those things. I mean, literally when like who it's like when what was that that Andrew that um Toby that, fuck that uh, Tom Holland said recently when he was what was he asked about? He was asked about like um Andrew, he was asked about like Charlie Cox or something. And he was oh, like, oh, yeah. well, if. If he's in it, I don't, I don't know. It's like, are you serious? Fucking, yeah. Yeah. You're playing, I don't know if anyone's told you yet, Tom, you're playing the main character. Like <laughs> you, you wouldn't, you would know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Here's, remember when he, uh, I think we're talking about the same thing as when he said that there's a scene with him. I don't know why he even fucking said this. I don't know why they get Tom Holland the mic in the first place. And hey, we this have the kid. same cup. This kid, man. <laughs> like, even though he's only like four years younger than me. Like he, <laughs> he said, oh yeah, there's a scene with four people. It's me, it's Marissa Tomei and John Favreau and another person who I can't say. And then me and my brother were watching it and it blew us away. And I'm just kind of like, bro, you're just. You're telegraphing the shit out of this right now. And I've already like made my theory video. I've already I already think that it's fucking Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I truly yeah. believe this. But people are gonna go back to that fucking interview and like, bro, you literally laid out so many breadcrumbs and it's like you guys don't need to do I wish I wish that they would just pull a Chadwick Bozeman. Like when and when they're act when when Chadwick was asked about Avengers Endgame right after Infinity War and his only response was, I'm dead. Like, yeah. I'm dead. Like, I wish every time somebody asked one of these actors about No Way Home, they just went, see the movie. Like, yeah. that was just the no, universal response, just see the movie. I literally you know? wish that they would just call out the reporters on their shit and be like, um, I I can't tell you anything, <laughs> and I don't want to. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, mm -hmm. because half the fun is the surprise. So, yes. next question, please. Like, I, I just... Uh, if I, I don't know why that isn't standard. If I was a Marvel actor, I would have so much fun. Like, I would literally have so much fun. Like, I will do the most promotion by doing no promotion. <laughs> right? Like, think everywhere I go, I know you're going to ask me questions about it. And I will divert. I will talk about anything else but this fucking movie that I'm in. I won't even remember that I'm in the fucking movie. Hey, so, you know, you're going to be in uh, Avengers 5, right? Like, so tell us, how was that experience working with uh, uh, the Russos? The who? Just, the, the just what? pull a Gwyneth Paltrow. Was I was I in that movie? Was I in that movie? No, dude. I'm, I'm here to talk about my one-man show on Broadway. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, if, honestly, this is the thing. 
I would not have the patience that these people have because I would literally mm. get so frustrated. Like I would just be like, I, you know what? I cannot take another question about nothing that I'm even supposed to be talking about today. So yep, yep. yep. I would, they, I would just they get are trained very well to be patient. Put on the performance of a lifetime. Pretend like there's like a sniper eyeing you right now, and then just like instead of saying anything, just nervously look beyond the interviewer. Just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just, I don't just know, like man. Pull, just like a pull, like a single tear, and oh, just like pull, like ooh, pull, pull like, get like out. a sunken place. Yeah, pull, like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> you sit Shh, don't. <laughs> please don't. Ooh, ooh, wouldn't that be so fun? Wouldn't that be so fun? Where every time somebody asks you a question about the MCU, and you just like snapped out of it, like you get the lights flash. Get out! Get out! <laughs> You gotta, you don't trust anybody. Just go. Just fucking go. Just run. fucking go. <laughs> you broke me out, but you gotta get okay. out. Like, oh, They're wow. gonna get you too. Oh I mean, gosh. literally, it's, I mean, it's getting to that place. But honestly, people are just like, people are just so disrespectful about spoilers recently. It's, oh my God, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't, I, I get frustrated by it because I just, in my mind, even like TikTok, like, I just feel like, how hard is it for people to just, even even if you're not even going to say it all out, even mm. if you just put, like, a little banner up top that says, like, spoilers coming up it for this, if you, like, forget to mention it. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, but I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, I've, I've seen, like, people having the discussion, like, oh, like, uh, there's no point in spoiler culture anymore. Like, it's just, oh with the internet, we can't, you know, and it's like... I think I think we could agree to be better than that. I think we could, mm-hmm. hopefully. I, I mean, don't know. I mean, that's like the deal when you are born onto this planet. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. But you're, but you're but you're literally just saying like, hey man, like sometimes people got to be dicks. Dicks got to be dicks, and I'm gonna be a dick right now and just spoil it because spoiler culture is over. Like, come on, bro. Like, yeah. Y- you know, nobody likes that. What does that do? What does that do for you? I don't. I don't do lives something. very much anymore. But um, like people. Oh yeah, I have, people will I be in that chat. That people just like people just type some like yeah. just keep a comment and you're just like stop. Like and even your mo- if I and the mods know. aren't fast enough. The mods yeah. aren't even fast enough. Yeah. Like it's you know it's it fucking sucks, man. But but we're doing kind of a, a shorter episode today. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to just like you know I wanted to touch base with you. How about yeah. how you're feeling about the movies that uh, we've seen from 2021 so far? You know uh, what? Because we're getting towards the end feeling of the year. Feeling great. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, it's fucking De- December's coming up. Like I literally cannot believe I, I, made, I tweeted the other day about like when I first got on TikTok, like mm. as a watcher in like March 2020, <laughs> and how like different TikTok was back then. Yeah. And I was thinking about it, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, that's like a year and a half ago. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's been two years for me. I've been on TikTok wild. for two years. This is fucking weird. It's yeah. fucking weird. It's weird how much it's like evolved since then too. Uh, yeah, I mean, we come a long way since the Renegade. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I could sit, I could just hear people just going like, "Oh my god, I remember the Renegade. Oh my god, that was so long ago." I mean, it was it was truly a simpler time. Like, it, it was. It was <laughs> like I I actually memorized the Renegade too, which was oh really. That was actually people don't know this. But that was you don't my have first one video. In your drafts? Oh, I deleted it. <laughs> I, del- I it was posted. It wasn't in the drafts. It was posted, and I deleted it. And <laughs> I actually went all the way down to my first video, first quote unquote. And people, I found that the comment section, people go down there, and like the comment oh section is filled God. with people. I went all the way to see his first video. It's like, oh, what do I get? I found it. I'm like, bro, how many of you have done this? It's a lot. 
And so people say people are like so happy because they found this duet that I did of me critiquing someone crip walking, even though he's a white person, cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. But they're like, oh, wow, this was your first video. That's crazy. And I'm just like, actually, it's not. The first video was me doing the renegade <laughs> and looking stupid. Like, so you'll never get that because I don't even know where that video is. So, yeah, we've come a long way since then. It's yeah. it's awful. But uh, but yeah, when it comes to the movies, though, there's been. I've seen a ton of movies this year. 2020 was weird because yeah. so many movies got delayed and it was so hard to tell what movies were kind of like out in 2020. You know, it was just such a weird year for the movies. Yeah. But I feel like I've seen a healthy amount and movies that I can genuinely say that kind of would make my top 10 of the year, maybe even top 20 of the year. Uh, oh. I, have fa I have favorite moments from movies, which I don't necessarily do, but uh there's there's certain things that we'll get into it in a little bit but just like to drop some of them like the bus scene from shang chi loved it oh yeah that was an uh, amazing scene amazing fucking scene the rain walk from the suicide squad uh oh my god yeah that fucking that song um hey nice to meet you like pixies hey. man yeah. that fucking song makes it i made a video about this literally today the third act of malignant that was my favorite yeah was one of my favorite I moments probably seen malignant i do want to see it watch it it is aggressively okay <laughs> up until like the second half of act two and then act three just hits the stratosphere it was worth it like wow. i it was it's bonkers it's ridiculous but it's it's the way i described it was it was Voldemort mixed with the Matrix. <laughs> Take that okay. as you will. Oh, actually, we've got the Matrix um, Resurrection Matrix, coming. Resurrection. I could, I could care less, to be honest. <laughs> I, pretty, I, gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm pretty excited about it. I, especially yeah. the trailer has me really intrigued. Okay. Um, it, I mean, it's got me too. It's got me too. Like, yeah. I'm just, I was just never a big Matrix person. Like, I was never a big Matrix person. I, I mean, I wasn't so much into, like, the franchise, but, like, the first film, um, mm -hmm. I, I really, like... Yeah, the first really, film, yeah. yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I think, I guess I think about it as, like, the whole franchise, because Reloaded is, you know, it has some moments, but it's still not great. And then yeah. uh, Revolutions is just awful. <laughs> but... I honestly don't even, like, the two sequels, I don't really even know how I differentiate where the story goes from the two of them. I think mm -hmm. the second one I do like, because that's the one that has, like, Monica Bellucci... I like her yeah. in that movie. Isn't Jada I do Pickett like... Smith in the second one as well? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and then um, I do I do like the conversation that Neo has with the architect. It's been forever since I've watched it, but I've seen yeah. it obviously parodied a thousand times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like, I like the commentary um, that that's, like, I really do like how the, the, you know, the franchise went more into, like, humanity is is our own worst enemy kind of yeah. situation yeah. Uh, the complexity of that but you know i'm i'm excited i think it's gonna be interesting but yeah that's that's it's weird I, to think that that's coming up i still. hope i hope it pulls that franchise out of the dirt because it could have been something great it's almost like the hangover franchise where the first one's really great and then they just kind of ran it into the ground by yeah. trying to repeat the same shit and you know so I, I hope I hope uh franchise resurrections is is pretty if good. they had never made another hangover movie that, that even though like a lot of the yeah. humor is super problematic now like it would still be like a cult classic oh, like yeah. if, it, if it had oh, just yeah. and I, I think it's still kind of like it, it has a lot of wide recognition but I do feel like the sequels kind of killed it. it it did because it repeats the same things and the third one tried to be a completely separate like 
action comedy, which is yeah. kind of weird for that. It was just, it was just really weird. Yeah. Uh, but I actually watched a, um, a film that I've actually been excited about. When I saw it, it, it honestly exceeded my expectations. Uh, the Harder They Fall was i really want to see that one it was really fucking good it was that really cast is good. so amazing cast is stacked everybody's amazing uh regina king uh lakeith stanfield and jonathan major gives award-worthy performances i will say that award-worthy performances i mean the three of them like i i could literally i i don't care i don't need to know anything else other than the three mm-hmm. of them are in it and then you mm-hmm. add the fact that it's like a western yes. um specifically focusing on like black cowboys yes. um that's just super fucking cool that's yes. such a cool concept it's, but i'm already so like i'm all the way in yeah. you know <laughs> it's it's like to me I was actually doing a, I was actually planning on doing a video talking about how The Heart of They Fall may be better than Django Unchained. I I, I mean. I know it's going to be a hot take for a lot of people because I think Django Unchained is fantastic. I think it's it's literally probably my third favorite Tarantino movie. But. What's your first? uh, Django is like wrapped in kind of like the coolness and when i say the coolness it's wrapped in quentin tarantino's definition of cool yeah yeah. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. whereas like i know exactly what you're saying you know you know (laughs) you see what i'm saying like like but with with the heart of they fall it does what Django does but it's literally like born from a western like it's born like like it has like those western staples it has the shootouts it has the standoffs it has the uh the tension moments you know It, it reminded me a lot of uh fistful of dollars and oh wow it reminded me of a lot of a lot of like um uh spaghetti westerns it reminded me a lot of those but you give it the flavor of having black cowboys with and you treat it with the utmost seriousness it's it's fucking rad it's fucking badass and that shootout is also part of like my top moments list as well and I, so. I, you know, like I haven't seen the film yet, um, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you guys might not know this, but I am not black. Uh, what? But I do. I know. Like, Wait a I, I didn't want you to find out this way. Um, but we've I, had cornbread together. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I think that, like, you know, I, I this is a criticism I have of Tarantino a lot that I do think that like he does kind of fall into like the exploitation type thing yes sometimes yes. and like Django is a story of like you know sl- slaves freed slaves and I feel I feel mm. like the vibes that I get from the harder they fall is like a bit more empowering yes and I know that the creative team is largely black as well mm-hmm. so I mean did you did you feel like it like spoke to a more authentic and empowering yes. experience 100 percent 100%. Yeah, no, 100%. and I, I think there's a lot of value to that. Like, I I, see, I find that a lot in like women led and and created mm-hmm. projects as well. So like, I, yeah. yeah, this was a this was a. I'm not gonna I'm like I'm not spoiling it, but this is definitely a black led film, not only on camera but behind the camera. And uh, what the movie does really well is that it's not all about like oh the blacks versus whites problems which we see a lot. You know, it's yeah. not the it's not where you see scenes where they're at the mercy of white people. These are literally black on black problems in the black community and their quarrel is with each other and it's and it's their problem so the villains are black the protagonists are are black like everyone in between are black right but there is a there is a funny scene where they have to go to a white town (laughs) where it's literally all white with white people (laughs) and it's just and and that's like and then like i said with everything that came before being like all about black and black problems 
when they go to the white town, it definitely feels like a foreign land. And I think that was done on purpose because now you're surrounded by these white people and you could just tell these, these black cowboys stick out like a sore thumb. And, and there's already that tension of just kind of like, Oh shit. Like they automatically don't belong. What's going to happen. So there's a lot of setup and things that work extremely well just by, you know, making, um, African-Americans the, um, the focal point. So the heart of the fall is amazing. I suggest everybody watch it on Netflix. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's definitely very high up on my list. I cannot wait to watch it. Mm hmm. And I mean, I just disclaimer, as I like to always say, um, most if you've made it this far with us on the podcast, you've probably heard me say this a thousand times. But again, I don't I don't. My message is not that, you know, white people can't or shouldn't write stories about or involving black people or, or women or like men with women. But I do just think that there is something special about um, being able to enjoy media created like by people who specifically understand your experience, like mm-hmm. to cater to that experience. Cause yes. there's just things that you'll just never be exactly. like, I, w- I would just never be able to speak to like a black man's experience, right. you know, like why right, would right. I want to try, you know, like, right, and I, right. I, like if I ever were to write something, I would want to be able to include diverse characters, but I feel like, I'm not going to write a story specifically about a black man's experience. You know? Right, like, right, right. <laughs> you know, you know what you're making me realize that I want like really bad. And y'all correct, and anybody can correct me if this has already happened, but I don't think this has ever happened in the history of cinema. I want, <laughs> I want a black writer and director to write for white people. Like I, I mean, want, I want a black director to, to write a white movie. <laughs> Who? Okay. Do you follow this woman on TikTok? She is amazing. She is hilarious. What's her um, name? I can't remember what her handle is right now, um, but she does these uh, sketches. That's like if white people were the cultural other and they are <laughs> they are so funny like literally she'll be like margin um can you <laughs> your hair is just very straight and stringy today it's looking pretty unprofessional like if you can't get the volume <laughs> in your hair that you need to look professional in the workplace like maybe you, know, you need to handle that like she oh, like God. just does like, like microaggressions if they were done to white people it's mm-hmm. it's so funny oh my um, gosh but yeah, I, I'm going to find her name so that you can follow her because she's, okay. she's, I love that. she's hilarious. I love that type of shit. Love that type of shit. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just one of those things that's like, you know, I, I think a lot of people who who don't experience that don't even realize how often stuff like that happens, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another movie that I wanted to like talk about, well, a couple movies that like surprised me was uh, Free Guy was a big surprise. I still want to see Free Guy. You still haven't seen it? Yeah, Free Guy no. was a pretty big surprise. It's honestly a very it's again, a lot of people are kind of hailing it as like one of the best films ever. I think it's just a very it's how can I say that like I'm trying to find the best words to describe it. It's without saying fun. I'm trying I was gonna not, say it's I'm just trying, seemed fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to say fun. It's more it's very it's it's infectious. It's infectiously optimistic, is what it is. And Ryan Reynolds in that oh, that's movie, great. you know, like like Ryan Reynolds is just very it, it, as that character. He's just one of those characters that is one of my favorite types of characters. He doesn't change. Right. Like he doesn't yeah. necessarily go through this big arc or anything like there's a tiny arc, but he's one of those characters that changes everyone around him just by being himself. And his character the is premise just really so reminded great. me of the Lego movie. Am I on? Am I on base with that? I literally called it the lego movie meets the truman show 
it's the Lego movie with the Truman Show. It gave me Lego movie vibes, which I mean as a compliment. I mean as a very no, nice yeah, compliment. absolutely. Like it's him being super, just kind of like, hey, I live, I live in this town with my best friend, and I get the same <laughs> coffee every single day. We go to the beach and we have ice cream, and everything is great. And you know, shit starts popping off, and he's like, oh, so you mean I just have to get to level ten? Okay, like <laughs> you know, he just <laughs> he does does it, and it's just so it's honestly like I said, it's a very infectious performance is a very interesting concept of like ai and like you know just artificial intelligence and how it can evolve and advance and things of that sort uh taika watiti is fucking amazing uh as an antagonist jody comer like she's a fucking star like i want to see more of jody comer it's just so much to love about the movie again like i didn't want i wasn't watching it thinking like oh my god like this is like the best movie ever but it's (laughs) one of those like every every year there's just one of those movies, sometimes two or three, where the movie just feels just it makes you feel good. It makes yeah. you just feel good that again, I say two of those movies because I put Mitchell's versus the Machines, which also came out earlier this year. Dude, Mitchell's versus could, the Machines <sighs> is honestly one of the best films. I mean, like I yes. literally I was thinking about it today and yes. I was thinking about like Luca because I, I do really uh-huh. love Luca. Yes. But to me, Mitchell's versus the Machines is just such a clear front runner for for best animated film. Like, because honestly, agree. it's it's just a standalone great film. Like, it's yes. literally, it it literally makes me openly weep. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I say this a lot, but it, it, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I it's like I'm like kind of sobbing, like <laughs> like like happy, but like happy sobbing. It's yeah. weird. Like, it yeah, makes yeah. me very emotional. Like. I get, I get emotional many times and I do, you know, maybe it's because I like have my own family now that I'm mm-hmm. like more connected to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's such a beautiful film. I love it so much. It's, it's not only beautiful in a, in the sense of storytelling and themes of family and it's, uh, it's one of the most real portrayals of a family in an animated film that I want to see. Like I would say like it's Incredibles and then it's Mitchell's versus machines. Like you have just kind of you know, well put to, not well put together in the Incredibles, but just kind of like, you know, believably, but a more believable family. But when you want to talk about like dysfunctional as fuck type of family, <laughs> like that's like the Mitchell's versus machine. It still felt very real. Like you, ha- yeah. you know, you have, you have the fucking dad who d- can't even work fucking YouTube. You have the mom who just wants to take a fucking family photo and be just perfect for one second. You have the fucking <laughs> weird ass son. You have the fucking uh, daughter who just wants to leave and like leave it all behind. And so yeah. like, that movie again that movie is visually stunning as well like it's visually stunning and the things that that movie does with meme culture and colors and just the way it frames up scenes that make it almost look like it almost has like a comic book feel but it's not a comic book you know so it, it 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 reminded me of it has the same groundbreaking quality as into the spider verse when it comes to animation i was just gonna say Sony animation mm-hmm. is like they they are really doing some incredible stuff yep, right now. Yep. Like I will put that also on Phil Lord and Chris Miller who also produced that film just like they produced and one of them directed into the Spider-Verse. So yeah. it's you could tell that like the creative team over at Sony I, and this is why I keep saying fucking Sony is a fucking <laughs> genius, like a secret genius. They are fucking literally scheming like, yo, we got the tools to literally take over this whole fucking place. But we're going to yeah. keep it close. Like, we're going to keep it close to the chest. It's just. Well, Sony uh, did the Lego movie, too, right? Uh, I believe that, that was WB? Warner Brothers. Yeah, that, okay. was, that was Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even then, that like Phil Lord and Chris Miller, though. That was Phil Lord and Chris Miller again. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. 
So, but Sony knows what they're doing when it comes to just kind of like, you know, letting the creators create, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I, I do believe, like, obviously Sony, I think, has learned their lesson when it came to the Spider-Man franchise and, you know, other franchises too. But I think for some reason when it comes to their animated films, Sony just just like, yo, just make something cool. And, like, yeah. they don't interfere and they just allow the creators to let their vision come to life. And it just it comes out fucking amazing almost every time. Dude, yeah. I mean, and I, especially, I think especially in the world of animation, um, it's it's so much harder to explain to executives, like, how things mm-hmm. are going to be. Yeah. Um, that they really need more creative control, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and especially because animation is, like, I, I do think it's it's broadening. Like, I feel like people, like, yeah. I can talk, I can, like, review on my page animated films and no one, I don't get comments or people are like, it's just a kid's movie or whatever. <laughs> Which even, like, 10 years ago, I would, like, try to talk to people about animated films and they'd be like, yeah, I didn't see that. Like, you saw that in a theater? Like, I was like, <laughs> yes, I saw Wally in a theater. What the fuck is wrong with you? You didn't? Oh, my God. Right. Like, like I, I hate the shit that people give, like, animated movies. I, I can talk about that all day where... Uh, I try to I try to tell like my aunt and uncle just kind of oh yeah there's this new like Pixar film coming out it's called Luca it's about this kid who's a sea monster and they're looking at me like you're gonna watch that like by yourself in the movie you're like 30 I'm like I'm not 30 yet first off secondly <laughs> uh, <laughs> the movie's for everyone it's made for everyone and I just like I I really get tired of trying to explain that animation is a creative medium not yeah. just not just something that is made for kids to sit in front of and just kind of like go dead for an hour and a half you know yeah and, and there's very few and there, obviously there's movies out there that are for kids that are designed for that purpose hello minions but <laughs> you know then you have then you have something like mitchell's versus the machines where you could tell that story with live action you can but the the animation medium allows it to tell the story in such a way where it hits you in a in a different type of way. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. It like I feel like the scene in Mitchell versus the Machines where uh it's the finale. It's again pr- one of my favorite moments of 2021 is when they play Live Your Life by Ti. Yes. And it's it's such a tender like come together like family moment and then you have fucking john legend and chrissy Teigen are in it too it's like <laughs> oh our weird neighbors are saving the world yes they are jim and i'm just like oh that's it's so like <laughs> it's such a great oh my god anyway like oh it gives it gives me all the feels like i yeah, love it so much there's and so like, much feels i do love i really did love luca and i mean to be honest yeah, like yeah, I did too. really i think that luca was actually very refreshing because it felt like the first pixar film in a while that wasn't like intentionally crafted to almost almost manipulate you like it yeah like it's gone to the point where yeah. i feel like pixar like they know the buttons to push and i feel like they're playing me yeah. you know and i'm like yeah, yes, yeah, I, yeah. yes i feel this but also <laughs> i don't appreciate you're an emotional instrument to them and they're just playing yeah you. <laughs> but luca just felt like like to me i said this when i watched the film too that it felt it felt really like reminiscent of a studio ghibli film which to me is yeah, just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's just joyful for joy's sake and clearly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. made for children you yes. know, which doesn't mean that adults can't enjoy it, but it just, it was a narrative that was like, we specifically want to speak to children with this narrative, which I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of Pixar movies resonate with both kids and adults, but they're really made for adults, which I'm not complaining yeah. about. I love yeah. the complexity of it. Yeah. But I do think that it's nice when, when stories don't like pander to kids, they just like present them a joyful, wonderful story and say, hey, yeah. this is, 
this is a story made for you because yeah. kids deserve that. See, what, there's there's certain movies that you watch in your childhood where, you know, when you become an adult, you look back fondly on it. You just go, yeah. oh, my God, I remember watching, you know, Page Master and just sitting down with some popcorn or like with my snack and whatnot that my mom made me and like watching yeah. it. Like you remember those like emotions and those feelings. Luca, after I watched it, I was feeling those things immediately after watching it. Like yeah. it's one of those yeah. movies that you can just not even think too hard on and i'm not i don't mean that and just kind of like oh it's it's a dumb movie i mean that and just kind of like literally sit down let the movie wash over you it's i said the movie feels like summer and yeah. summer is and summer is something that you experience it's something that you go out and you feel yeah. and so watching luca you're watching these kids just enjoy summer and you're just there for the ride there's no giant up in the movie there's no giant downs in the movie yeah, yeah it has this like emotionally devastating moments like finding out alberto's father just fucking left him what the fuck um but like just watching these kids like ride bikes eat pesto you know like just these type of it just feels nice like the you know the big thing that they're working towards is trying to win a a race you know they're trying to get a vespa that's it (laughs) you know and it's like and it's like yeah there is the underlying you know message of like they're not like alberta's not accepted Mm -hmm. you know like they're you know they're they're undercover sea monsters but but the core conflict of the story is they just really want to do this together and it's just so sweet and like Like, it's like soul is one of my new favorite pixar films of all time like it's probably like in the top three if not top five um nice but soul is not a movie made for kids no not at all (laughs) even though my daughter loves it i look at her like why do you love this so much like this is very mature of you yeah I'm like, I'm sure I'm, there's still there's so much for kids to enjoy in it because Pixar is great at doing like, you know, multi multi levels of, uh, yeah. you know, meaning and, and enjoyment. But that's why I turned into a cat for the kids. Yeah. Yeah, kids. exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, but so I'm going to count this movie in 2021 because um, it was actually, I think, technically officially released in 2020, but it didn't actually okay. get a release date until 2021. Okay. Um, and I'm talking about A Quiet Place 2, which is one of yes, my favorite yes. films of the year. I yeah. So far, I still really love that film. And when I was looking at films over this year so far, I realized that I have not seen like a lot of them i really need to catch up i need to like this was a wake-up call it's like i need to, yeah. I need to start watching like at least a new movie every week start your binge start the binge. Um, but i love this movie so much and i was thinking about some of my favorite performances of the year so far and okay. this movie has them i think because i emily blunt is fucking emily blunt's amazing <sighs> supernova but the the, the children the daughter in this film specifically yeah yes um mm-hmm. her name is uh millicent simmons and the the brother um noah jupe both of them mm-hmm. they were they stole the show in this movie which it was really impressive because emily blunt and killian murphy fucking killed it in this yes. movie they were both yes. amazing like yes. emily blunt i feel like stole the whole show in the quiet place part one mm-hmm. um but these two kids like literally i just i i am blown away by their performance in this film um, and I, I love yeah. this film so much. I mean, the the those kids carry the movie is on those kids' shoulders for the most part. Yeah, it's on it's on their shoulders. Like, and I think the the last shot of the movie, it's those two, which is yeah. which is you know really crazy when you consider like obviously you know John Krasinski and Emily Blunt were the driving forces of the first movie. So to put the second the sequel in the hands of these children. And it just kind of like there's large chunks of the movie where we're following them because, you know, Emily Blunt has to leave like the son behind and like the uh, daughter has to go with Killian Murphy. And so 
you have these uh performances that in any other young actor's hands it probably would just feel like oh okay like i think uh i was talking about uh kristen stewart and we don't have to get into this right now that's probably a whole (laughs) nother episode but you have like kristen stewart in panic room for example child actor acting along fucking jody foster yeah right it's so easy for a child and no in those type of thriller films to just sit there and just be like I don't know what's going on, mommy. Huh? And it's so easy to write that, right? Because yeah. you know, kids would do that. But then, you know, you, using that example, the fucking Kristen Stewart is going blow for blow with Jodie Foster in those performances. Oh yeah, it's the same thing in A Quiet Place too. Yes, where they're they're literally on equal footing with Emily Blunt and Killian Murphy, and that's what's fantastic about it. Yeah. So. Not to and mention even, the tension. Like, I actually got a chance to see that movie in theaters because my, one of my biggest regrets is I didn't get a chance to see the first one in theaters. Same. Exact same. Yeah. And so watching in theaters, and I, I'm so happy that uh, it didn't, like, veer too far from – it didn't it didn't try and break the formula. Like, oh, it's a sequel. We got to do something different. <laughs> it, did the, it did the same thing, but it elevated it, and there's so many, like, moments of tension – you know, moments yeah. where you can hear a pin drop in the theater because, you know, it's it's just the sound design. You want you don't want to you don't want to make a sound to put the characters in danger. It was just one of the most unique experiences in a theater and that I've had. To me, it, it with the most one of the most mar- remarkable things about A Quiet Place, too, was how well and naturally it continued the story, especially considering that like the way that the first movie ended, I didn't mm-hmm. think that there would be a very clear continuation but the themes that they set up in the first story about like, you know, the, the daughter's guilt and yeah. she, like the the way that she feels she was responsible to what happened to her little brother and the fact that she felt like her father didn't really believe in her right. after that. And then in the second oh, film, it just continued on with like, how are these two young people growing up in a world like this going to like, cause the, the young boy also like a big part of his arc that was set up in the first film was how terrified he was of everything yeah. and how his father you know, was trying to prepare him to be like the man to, to lead the group and how the two of them, the, the two children in the second film, like found their way to survive. And it right. wasn't the way that their parents necessarily expected, you know, the two of them, the roles that the two of them to fall into, but right. they were the roles that they needed to. And they ended up taking care of their mother. And it was just, it, it's such a beautiful continuation of the themes and the story. And I just, it just goes together so well. And again, speaking to like, <laughs> movies that specifically speak to um a a child's experience i think that it's 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 such a unique kind of like almost coming of age story but it actually is like a really incredible coming of age story you know Mm -hmm. i like coming of age stories that kind of uh play with the formula of a coming of age story like it's it's a coming of age story but in like the fucking worst situation possible (laughs) yeah (laughs) where they have to grow up faster like Super yeah. 8, for example, which is a movie that I still mm. really love. Um, and every time super people want to... Super 8? Have, oh, have Super 8, yeah, yeah. Super yeah. 8, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every the, time uh, people want to shit on J.J. Abrams, I'm like, eh, watch Super 8. Great. <laughs> I mean, I still say J.J. Abrams did a great job with fucking Star Trek. I Even Oh my Lens God, Flair, I love Star Trek. Lens yes. Flair and all. Like, I thought that I thought that movie was like I thought the fucking... Lens Flares worked amazingly well for the aesthetic of the film like mm-hmm. i like he get people gave him show, so much shit for those lens layers but i think they i think they were cool i think they work I, for the movie i they like work for it the movie uh but yeah so <laughs> a, another movie that i want to like kind of like talk about that i really liked and i uh-huh. i surprised that it came out in 2021 
uh, I Care A Lot. Yes. I enjoyed I Care A Lot. You recommended this movie and I watched mm-hmm. it. I care a lot. It's such a great. If you, it's one of. I usually say things like, "Oh, if you like Gone Girl, then you'll like I Care a Lot." No, I think I Care a Lot is more of like a fucked up, almost, almost like a fucked up. Like I, I struggle in saying this. Like a Pulp Fiction, where you have yeah. these like morally reprehensible characters. Everyone in that movie sucks. Yeah. Like, and, and that's very interesting to me. Where you make a whole movie where everyone's a villain and they're yeah. terrible, but you're, and you don't the know movie, who to root for. Yeah, and you, you have to root for one someone. You gotta yeah. root, like you don't want to, but you're just kind of like, I'm trying to see how this thing fucking ends. Like, yeah. I want this, I want this woman to get hit by a fucking car, yeah. and like, I want Peter Dinklage to get shot in the face. But they're going <laughs> up against each other, and you're just kind of like, well, shit, do they survive? Like, you know, and like literally within the first five minutes, I was seething. I was seething with anger. Like, I was so upset because. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're terrible people terrible fucking people yeah and so Every, and the, everybody even like the old woman you're like oh she's being taken yeah. advantage of and they're like well she's kind of a bitch she's kind of a fucking bitch <laughs> she kind of she kind of deserves it but then you realize like oh she's terrible. taking she's taking advantage of other sweet old people but then i'm like but fuck that bitch fuck yeah. this particular bitch that she's taking advantage of yeah you know so it's just so watching that film like it really um not opened my eyes but when you when you hear a lot of times where people say, "Oh, we're gonna make films about a villain," you know, Sony's trying to do that right now with their Spider-Man universe and make a Craven film and shit. And then, um, you know, obviously, uh, I think the only person who really gets it right is um maybe Quentin Tarantino with Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Um, but there's one, there's another film that like I'm blanking, but whatever. Oh, a fucking Suicide Squad, like where they become yeah. heroes. You yeah. know, you you turn the villains into heroes, and you're like, you that defeats the point of you know Suicide Squad. But with this movie, you literally have a few villains, just fucked up people, and they're all put in a situation where villains have to go against other villains who are equally as fucked up, and it's just one of those kind of films that like has a lot of twists and turns that you don't expect and uh i was just i was just really along for the ride of just kind of like sitting there just going like all right i hate everybody here let's get ready to rumble like like like, like, you know so i really enjoyed that no yeah i mean i i I really liked that film and i think that it, it was cool to see i do i do like stories that um are boldly you know boldly go just say hey yeah we're just gonna make a character that is not redeemable and yeah. it, you know you always have the danger of people misinterpreting it and then being like oh yeah they're good guys and it's like no 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 <laughs> but, <laughs> but right. you know i i still think it's fun for for you know th- those of us that are you know sane and yeah. don't <laughs> and don't empathize with uh you know like evil murderers more than we should you know <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, I mean, and there are always going to be people who try to sympathize with those type yeah. of people. There are always going to be. But speaking of sympathizing with, uh, you know, uh, reprehensible murderers, we both absolutely loved the Suicide the Squad. Oh my this god, year. yeah, that's definitely like my top five of the year. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. I, I, I love that. It's just such a great movie. It's honestly mm-hmm. so great. I will say this. I said, I said this at the time. I, I still think, um, I do. I think that. I, I, I like Harley better uh, the way she's personified in Birds of Prey, but I really like Harley in this movie too. I'm not saying that it's like a bad portrayal. I just, yeah. it does kind of irk me how people are like, oh, it's the best Harley it's ever been. And I'm like, well, I mean, uh, it's I like, so. I mean, I'm not saying that like, 
I like, think James Gunn did a great job, but I yeah. just it's weird to me that people just completely ignore the other performance where she did a fantastic job. Her you know? performance is way better in Birds of Prey, if you ask me. It's it's it just, way it's better. Just, it's just a little bit more in character, I feel like. And, yeah. you know, it's like one of those things where, like, it just goes to me again, like, eh, men writing women. I mean, you can do a great job, and, like, I even when I say stuff like this, it's not like across the board. Like well, my foot, I just literally watched Crimson Peak again, and I just I love that movie so much. And every time I watch it, I'm like, God, this story is so fucked up, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> same, <laughs> same thing with uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Like every time I watch, oh, okay. this story is so beautiful and feminine, and like there, I mean, of course there are men who can tap into this and write this shit super well. Right. And James Gunn is good at it. I just think that in this particular instance, she was like a little bit better personified in Birds of Prey. Yeah. It's but it's like it's like fucking it's like I'm talking about like millimeter performances here, you know, like honestly, they're honestly, both amazing. I, no, they're but they're really like she's still really great in the film and she gets one of the best scenes in the film when she's yes. taking out the guards and shit like that. And oh when she God, takes out the, the the fight scene is incredible and when she <sighs> takes out the fucking like like warlord or whatever guy yes, whatever yeah, when she yeah. finds out his plan and shit. So she's so great in the movie. But I think, like, she definitely felt more of a side character in that movie than anything else. And yeah. I get it because she's already had her time really, to shine in two films. It was a really good ensemble. No, ensemble. it's a great, it's a great like, ensemble a, they, flick. It's yeah. a great ensemble flick for sure. It's just it's that also, obviously. It's hard to nail yeah. down a main character. But I do think that the connection between, like, Bloodsport and Ratcatcher 2 was probably the most Yeah, if I had to movie. pick a main, if I had to pick a main character, I would put Bloodsport and Ratcatcher 2, like, in that. Like, I, yeah. I would say that. And uh, I loved Ratcatcher too. I was so surprised by how much I loved her. She I was, was so, prepared not to. I was prepared to be like, heart. oh, she's just there. She from the minute she lazily woke up and said, <laughs> Oh, five minutes, please. Like I was just like, she she's just so cute. Like, and she almost got eaten by a fucking like shark because she yeah. like sleeps a lot. I'm like, she's fucking adorable. She's but great. No, it wouldn't do that to me. <gasps> how could you? <laughs> how could you? Just kind of she's just she's just so sweet with her rats. Yeah. Uh, but every like, every character in the Suicide Squad was fucking dope. Like everyone, yeah. like even even this was the biggest accom- This was the biggest accomplishment of the movie. They made me like Rick Flag. Yes, dude. I did not give a shit about Rick Flag in that first movie. Rick oh, Flag no. was a fucking boss in this movie. I loved yeah. him. He was awesome. He was so yeah. awesome. That was a tall order to make people care about him. Yeah. And, spoilers if you haven't seen it, and then kill him. Yes. And like I was, I'm still emotionally devastated that Rick Flag. I'm, I can't believe I'm even, even saying that. Rick Flag's death made me literally just choke a little bit. I was just like, "Fucking peacemaker, <laughs> 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 fucking peacemaker! You shouldn't have your own show." Rick I mean, Flag should have Gunn, a show. James Gunn, like literally, fucking James Gunn. He made me cry over the death of a fucking tree in Guardians of the Galaxy. True. Like True. I'm just like the the man says nothing but I am Groot, and every time I see that scene. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just waterfall on my face. It's he just a little bit sweaty up. in my eyes. He made me choke up over rock every time I see Rocket now, just a little bit because oh that God, that yeah. scene that I think of, he called me rodent. Oh my God! Yes, she called me monster. It's like oh shit! Like I think about that scene every time Rocket is on screen, and it Rocket? really fucking like it tears me apart. And I could I could literally I could I could make a whole fucking like treatise about Rocket in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy two because people do not put the respect in Guardians of the Galaxy two that it deserves. It's a great and character. Rocket and Yondu and Nebula all get mm-hmm. really, really great characterization yep. in, yep. in two. Drax for it. one scene. <laughs> yeah. Drax get one, gets one scene where he proves he's probably one of the best wrestlers turned actors working on the fucking planet right now. He gets that Dude. one scene with Mantis and it's 
fucking amazing. I mean, so, Dave Batista. There's there's our next segue. Fucking Dune. I mean, Dune. Dave Batista is just yeah. Ta- he's just he's just taking all the names. He's just yeah. like I'm. Yeah. I'm here. I wanted more of him in Dune. I wanted more yeah, of him. In Dune. Yeah, I'm. I'm so excited for what he's doing next. I didn't see that zombie movie that he did. Um, oh, but obviously, uh, yeah, Army of uh, the Dead. Army of the I Dead. Saw it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really it's pretty good to be honest. Like for. Yeah. I don't really dig Zack Snyder's zombie flicks. I actually fucking I lied. I actually do dig Zack Snyder's zombie flicks because he uh he did a uh, Dawn of the Dead, which yeah. was really really good to me. I don't really no, like Dawn, yeah, I don't, his Dawn of the Dead is my is his favorite <laughs> film. My my favorite film of his. Yeah, his Dawn of the Dead is fantastic. So yeah. imagine like Dawn of the Dead, but uh the film is good, but he does a lot of these like depth perception things with the camera. That's kind of annoying. Yeah, but it's very interesting concept. Uh, very brutal. Uh, but it's still fun. He still like finds ways to have fun with it. It's almost like, it's almost like, um, where the fuck was this during your Justice League? Like, you know, yeah. where where was this during like your DC stuff? Well, and you I know? I didn't watch it mainly because people get really mad at me when I talk about Snyder because they're like, if you hate him so much, you shouldn't even talk about him. I'm like, okay, well, I I don't usually I yeah. I don't, and I wouldn't say that I hate his work i just it's never really resonated with me yeah and so like i'm like eh. but like, i was like yeah sure. what's the point of me watching it because like when i watched the justice league movie people were just like yeah you just yeah, how dare you watch this and say non things about it i was like okay fine like i'm not trying to make this like a snyder look, hate account look i have two words that will make you want to watch this movie it won't make you but it's a reason why you should <laughs> matthias matthias schweighoffer he I plays. He plays. D- he plays a character named Dieter. Good luck spelling his name. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I believe it's M A T T I A S, and then just S C H W, and then let Google do the rest. Wait but a minute, Matthias. What? Schweighoffer. Schweighoffer. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there it's we like, go. It's like Schweig. Yeah, he's Schweig. German. I know how to spell the German names. I speak oh my German. gosh, that's really yeah. good. That's really good. Cause you went, you you lived in Germany for a little mm-hmm. bit. I remember. Yeah, for like eight years. Yeah. See, I listened, so that was really good. <laughs> uh, but I'm much better uh, doing the German accent than I am at actually speaking German because I, I haven't spoken it regularly in like ten years, so like mm-hmm. my vocabulary sucks. Like I'm just like, it'll take me like ten minutes right. to remember the word. For like yeah. fucking window, you know. Well, that German, that German was pretty good, girl. Goddamn, um, <laughs> it was a really good job. Uh, but yeah, so Matthias is plays the character of Dieter, who's like the comic relief slash best character in the film. Like he's okay. he's fucking amazing. He was so amazing that they actually called Zack Snyder called him back to produce, write, and direct the prequel, uh, Army of Thieves, starring wow. him. And was he, this one going to be like a Robin Hood theme? It is almost like a Robin Hood thing where it's it's basically because Dieter is the the safe cracker. So the, the plot of Army of the Dead is that this guy, um, I can't remember his fucking name right now, but he is an amazing actor from Japan, I believe. Uh-huh. And he basically calls Batista and says, I need you to get a crew together to go into Vegas where I left my vault where all my money is in there. And if you get it, then you get most of the money. So that's when, you, you know, he puts the team together. Everybody is gets the money. Is Vegas the only place that's overrun by zombies? It's not the only place, but it's like a quarantine place. Okay. It's like, so it's like, so the pretty much like everybody walled off fucking Vegas and all the zombies stay there. But the zombies are advanced. the actor you are referring to is Hiroyuki Sanada. I believe so. Yeah, I just Googled him. 
hero. Yeah. So yes, he's was he great. The one, I think he was in Westworld. He probably was. I didn't watch Westworld. He was Westworld, Scorpion Westworld in the shit. shitty. He was Scorpion in the very shitty Mortal Kombat, but he was amazing in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, he's he's just amazing and everything. He's the guy that fucking Hawkeye killed is Ronan in Avengers Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they need to stop putting him in these bit roles in these fucking like big blockbusters. They need to just give him a substantial thing. Oh, but, he's uh, in Sunshine. I love that movie. I never watched Sunshine. Danny Danny Boy Danny Boyle I think is the director of that. Oh, he's that's um, that the guy who did Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, that's where that song it's, comes it's from. It's good. You should watch yeah. Sunshine. I, we're like getting off topic here because I could go on tangents, but no, Sunshine is really good. <laughs> I hear Sunshine is really good. I discovered it because Wonder he Woman plays a song from Sunshine, and I was pissed off because Wonder Woman took that song from Sunshine, and I was like, <laughs> fuck, they took it for this movie called Sunshine. Sunshine has a good score, though. Well, so, uh, but yeah, so. You gotta watch it, man. It's so, so good. So basically the zombies are like really advanced. Like they literally, they're not like your average, like, oh, just lumber eat people. They have a whole kingdom and they have a king and they like oh, communicate yeah. with they're each like other and shit. They're like kind of sentient. Yeah. They're, they're like kind of sentient. They have like their own customs and shit. And like I you can like the offer them people and shit. Yeah. The zombie tiger, shit like that. And Dieter, uh, Matthias Schweighoffer's character is the safe cracker and he can crack like any safe. Uh-huh. And he's very like eccentric and he's very kind of like, you know, if he's trying to crack the safe, he, hey. Just so you know, this is the best safe in the world. I need quiet, and I need, and he's just very much like this is my thing. So, Army of Thieves is a prequel where the apocalypse just started, oh. and they have to crack into three safes that are a part of this like kind of like trifecta of safes around the world or some shit. Uh-huh. And it has uh, Matthias, and it has a uh, I can't remember her Emmanuel uh, something who plays Miss Sunday in Game of Thrones. Uh, pretty okay. much, yeah, yeah, like my yeah. wife. She's so she's so gorgeous. Exactly. All I, I, I follow her on Instagram, and yeah, it's, she's, she's oh my gosh, beautiful. Jesus Christ. Um, it, but yeah, me and my wife simp over her together. Yeah, um, as you should. <laughs> as, as we should. But uh, it's very meta as well. Like I watched Army of Thieves; it's really good as well, and it's very meta. Where you know, obviously, there's like the whole like, oh, meet the team. We have the getaway driver. We have the the action star. We have the hacker, mm-hmm. and we have you, the safe cracker. Da 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 da. And like, he literally is just kind of like. Are you telling me this is like those scenes in the movies where you get a team of people with specific skills and only us coming together with those skills will accomplish our goal? And she's like, yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like that. And so it's 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 very uh, it's a very meta take. It's a zombie flick. It's a zombie adjacent flick, but it still has a very like whimsical tone to it. Like okay. it's not afraid to be very lighthearted because Matthias is a very kind of like lighthearted character. He's just kind of like, yeah. Oh, wow. Like. I love cracking safes and he has like a YouTube channel and he's just like, you know, is he's very cute. He's very sweet. And like, I, I actually I like got that. a, I actually got the opportunity to uh, interview him for the, to dumb uh, live stream and ask him about the movie. And he's oh, such a so sweet, awesome. such a sweet guy. He's so, he's a really, really nice guy. So, well, that's nice. That also kind of like takes the pressure off it. Cause when it first came out, people were like, are you going to, are you going to talk about it? And I was like, probably not. Cause I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't enjoy the process of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like now that's a that's a that's a good thing yeah. to to add onto the list. There you go, Army of the Dead and Army of Thieves, two movies. That I have you can a add to I have a huge a huge freaking list that I have to watch now. So, any any other standout movies that you can think of from the year? Uh yeah, I actually have. Hold up, I actually have it right here. Okay, Fear Street, specifically, Fear Street Two. 
And I, I've still only seen the first one. I do need to okay. watch 1978 really badly. 1978 is my personal favorite one. It's yeah. my, I believe it's the highest rated one on Rotten Tomatoes as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's my personal favorite. It, if you like, like, Friday the 13th, it's mm-hmm. the super cool Friday the 13th, like, vibe. The 70s aesthetic is, like, really cool. The music is really dope. Because uh, what I feel like what I the thing about the 90s was it felt like it could have existed anywhere to, be, it, to yeah. me. You know, I feel like you could have just put that in the 2000s or 2010s if you wanted. This one feels like a 70s film, and it opens up the lore of the Fear Street trilogy. Like, that one really does die deep into, like, the witch's curse and, uh, you know, why certain people turn into serial killers and things of that sort. Now, if you're going into this thinking, like, oh, I'm going to see some gnarly fucking kills because that's why everybody goes into these slashers or whatever— they're not going to be creative kills or anything like that. It's not Jason folding a guy in half or whatever <laughs> like that. It's very basic, like, guy with an axe, poop pop. But it well, still that, that has, like, a really least, great premise. That was my least favorite part about 1994, if I'm being honest. And I mm-hmm. think that, like you were saying, like, it feels like it could take place at any time. I feel like that was, like, a big staple of, like, the early 2000s horror. Yeah. was, like, let's see how, like, gruesome, like, you know, the Final Destination series and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, how gruesome we can make kills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like when I think of like '90s like slasher horror comedies, like I I don't know. I think it's still. <laughs> I think a lot of the you know like I'm a big Scream fan. I think that there was still like a little bit of simplicity, and I just feel like I don't like I don't like feeling like I'm just being pandered to. You know, which yeah, I feel like yeah. there was a little bit too much of like like the bread yeah. the bread slicer thing. I was like, oh, okay, okay, come on. Like, yeah. I, I I like the bread slicer thing I know, most because I, I was shocked because I wanted her to live. I just I was very shocked. I was, I was surprised like, that they ended up killing all of them. But spoilers, I guess. But. I was very surprised. Yeah, I was like, I was like wow. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping for like her to like come out at the last minute, but then when I saw that, I was just kind of like, oh oh shit, like yeah. they're not playing. And that's what I really liked about. Uh, 78 was that knowing that that there literally no character is safe yeah then you literally there's this suspense of like who's gonna die and like he's killing children too like there's like kids at the camp that he's like straight up murdering and i'm just kind of like oh fuck like this is pretty bad yeah and, um the thing that the thing that like really got me uh for 1978 was like i was watching it and i was just thinking to myself like there's so many nods to like other horror films like 94 does that too like the very first scene is clearly like a scream reference uh but with 78 like there's not only friday the 13th there's carrie there's fucking um uh which one was it uh uh, rosemary's baby there's like so many like types of horror that's like with it there's also i believe like um people will forget about this one like uh my bloody valentine there's like oh, like yeah. knots of that as well so like i like the fact that they were able to like kind of like mesh all these different things and kind of create this still original story because at the end of the day it's all about like the witch's curse and like this town of like oh shady side is fucked up and it always has serial killers and there's always like that stigma of every time something bad happens it's shady side but then sunnyvale is like nice and sunny and like you know so you also set up this kind of like rivalry between the two towns yeah. And that and then when you get to the last one, then you start to see like what that rivalry really means as to like what the witch's curse and that type of shit. So yeah. it's it's really interesting. And I really I was really surprised by Fear Street Part Two. I thought it was like a fantastic kind well, of like send up before. Netflix has really been, you know, putting some quality stuff out there. It's really impressive. It, yeah. And honestly, I was thinking this year about how uh, well, I was thinking but in like 
preparation for this, looking at movies that I've watched, and I was like, I've watched a lot more TV this year than I have movies, and I, yeah. TV game has just been killing it. Maybe we'll have to do another episode where we talk about the TV Golden because age. Golden it's age, just yeah. yeah. I mean, we're still in this like incredible period where TV projects are just outstanding. Big Mouth season five just came out, and I'm all over that shit. All I still don't watch shit. Big Mouth. I know I need to watch it. You I'm need really to watch excited. Big like Mouth. Pen Fifteen is one of my all time favorite shows. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really oh, you really love excited. Big Mouth. Yeah, I love fucking Big Mouth. I've, I've been recommended it by literally everyone. I do need to watch it. Literally, um, like I'm gonna I'm a spoil like something for you. Like one of the episodes has to do with like No Nut November, <laughs> which is like perfect because yeah. the season came out in November. And there's one character who is is well known. He's like the typical like teenage boy who just like you know jerks it all the time. He can't stop. Like he's so bad, Megan. He is so bad. He literally went into an empty room where his dead grandfather was at his funeral because he had to jerk it. It's that bad. Wow. Right? Wow. So so the episode starts very much like The Sopranos. Like it's and it's John Mulaney. So he's voiced by John Mulaney. So imagine John Mulaney doing a Ray Liotta impression oh my God. for The Sopranos. And he's talking about kids masturbating. So he's like, <laughs> so, so it's like, ever since I was, ever since I could remember, all I wanted to do was jerk it. Like, so it's like, wow. And wow. It's, and, it's, and it's a great kind of like, it's a great <laughs> reference because he's like, hey, now I got to jerk it in the privacy of my own home. Like some regular schmuck. Like it sucks. This conversation is really pissing me off, though, because it's reminding me of Community, and yeah. you have got to start watching that show. Yeah. Literally, the yeah, direct parodies. Like, there's also like a direct Goodfellas parody. Um, oh, that is gosh. just so good. I'll, you know, like we'll have to. This is a thing that we'll have to do soon. Is like make a media list for each other, yeah. And we'll have to, we'll have to like watch the media okay. that we are assigned. I'm down for that. I'm down yeah. for that. I'm yeah, I'm gonna give you homework. <laughs> All right, Julian. All right. Got you. And and last movie that I want to say, last movie that like I really like this year that okay. nobody is talking about. It's called Plan B. I want to see this movie. The yes. one, it was directed by um, what's her name? The she's a actress, Natalie Morales. Yes, Natalie Morales. I mm-hmm. I've loved I loved her on Parks and Rec, and um, this she's movie looked Parks amazing. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know she yeah. was. Hmm, that's cool. She plays but, Tom Haverford's girlfriend. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm looking her up right now. Uh, but she. Oh my God, I know her. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've seen her. Uh, but yeah, the movie is so great. It, it's it's so, excuse me. It's both parts super bad and book smart. It's almost like it completes like the book smart super bad trifecta where it's about two friends who like pretty much like set out to pretty much have themselves like a, a great night. But this one is just surrounded by uh, one of the characters who is uh, I don't want to get her um, ethnicity wrong, but I believe she's of Indian descent. Uh-huh. And she hasn't had like any like crazy nights and she basically sets out to lose her virginity. She loses it in a very funny, embarrassing way. And she finds out that the condom broke. So she has to go get a plan B pill. The problem is that the only store that could do it in her town is refusing to give it to her. So now she has to travel to another state to get a plan B pill with her best friend. And her, her friend is Barbie Ferreira, right? From Euphoria? No, it's not. It's not. Oh, it's not? She, no, I wish because I love Barbie Friere. She's she awesome. She was in a, a movie that was similar. I'm gonna have to. Here, let me let me see if I can remember. Uh, Plan B. Plan B. And uh, so, okay, I'm thinking of the movie Unpregnant. 
which I guess has a similar oh, okay. a similar plot, but I, I haven't seen either of them, so. Mm, okay. <laughs> now, yeah, so uh, her friend is played by Victoria Morales. Mor- okay. It looks like Morales, but it's an O instead of an A. But, um, yeah, so it's it's a really great film about friendship, about, like, sexual freedom, identity. Uh, just, and it's, it's a, just an awesome coming-of-age film because then, you know, uh, she talks about the pressures of like her mother that that her mother is placed on her and just like as a student and things of that sort. And then there's also you know perceptions put on her friend because you know her friend gives off the kind of like oh yeah I'm a sexually free woman and you know like I have sex all the time. And there's also like things going on with her character that's just super sweet and super great. And there's just really really funny scenes. Like there's one particular scene that's hilarious where she accidentally does drugs. And so she's like talking fast, <laughs> but in her mind she's in slow mo. <laughs> so they I try mean, to escape, and she's like, "No, I, like, I, I love, it's it's great." I love that we're getting more scenes like that, and specifically like with girls and women too. Like that was mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts about Booksmart was that like it approached these characters in a way. Like I feel like we get like a lot of raunchy teen comedies where like oh, the yeah. boys get to get to be wild, and the girls are like, you know. Oh, let's get with the girls, you know, like yes. we want to there there. We want to make them our girlfriends or we want to lose our virginity or whatever. Yeah. Um. Even like like I love the Goonies and like I feel like mm-hmm. so much of the Goonies is like the girls are like, oh, we have to, we have to get out of here, guys. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, so it's nice to see, you know, uh, films that a little bit more accurately reflect my teenage years. Yeah. And <laughs> not I not not. Not specifically any of these scenarios we talked about, but, you know, just uh, like the yeah. shenanigans, you know. You, you never traveled across straight lines to get a plan B pill after having a weird one night stand? I grew, like... up in, I grew up in Germany, man. Sex positive. Oh, okay. oh you just, oh, okay. oh, very sex positive in Germany. I bet. Not like I was, uh, let's not kid ourselves. I was not having a lot of sex in high school. Anyways. Neither not, was I. Neither was neither I. Here nor there. Nerd over here. <laughs> Nerd. Not even playing basketball can get me laid. It was sad. <laughs> sad times for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah so like like i and i like the um i like the positive portrayal of like teenage girls in these type of films especially like films like uh and i know this is in 2021 but like lady bird edge of 17 like these type yeah. of movies that like feel more that feel more accurate to me anyway because you know growing up as a teen boy it's like girls are mysteries like you know and you always have these perceptions like i always joke around with my wife like you don't fart like you don't you don't fart like what the fuck and uh so like you always grow up with these perceptions like oh yeah girls the girls bathroom has like a fucking like couch in it where they sit and they talk and like you know you just have these fantasies about like what girls are like when guys are not around and so there's whether you you want uh i wish that girls bathrooms had couches because (laughs) the amount of times i've sat on a bathroom floor in a in a Mm. woman's bathroom not the cleanest bathroom floor (laughs) making friends uh with other drunk women just oh. complimenting each other's shoes uh, <laughs> while we try not to vomit. So uh, if there was a couch, it would have been a lot more comfortable. This is the insight that I need. <laughs> this is what oh my I'm gosh. talking about. Uh, like the women's bathroom in like a club or a bar is like literally it's like it's a vile place that always smells mm-hmm. like vomit. Um, but also um, you you have some of the most genuinely wonderful moments of connection ever. Like literally you'll meet a total stranger and like talk her through a breakup and be like, honey, you are a fucking like goddess. Like you should be on a Pegasus right now. Like you look 
like the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Like this, you know, she's yeah. got like mascara, half her face, and like a little bit of like puke on her like chin. <laughs> but you're like you. You're, but she's a goddess. You're irreverent. You're, you're a vision. She's like wiping it off. Like, you're right. Exactly. You're right. <laughs> It's true, true womanly connection in a woman's bathroom. I, I wish that uh, I could say that you know we don't fart or puke or uh, sit <laughs> on a, and we just sit daintily on couches. No, we're we're crouched. One of the TMI. One of my first bonding experiences with one of my best friends that I made as an adult. One of my first adult friends. We went out to a bar, got drunk. We worked in restaurants together, so you mm-hmm. know we, there's a lot of late nights and drinking. Um, and I was like, hey, we've never hung out before, but I really have to pee. I'm going to pee in this alley right here. And you're just going to look out for me, like squatting next to a car. Um, mm. Bonding. True bonding. <laughs> let me very, tell you. Very elegant. Let, let me tell you. What you just described in that bar bathroom on the men's side, it's lonely. It's sad. <laughs> it's it's nowhere near that amount of connection. It's every Aww. now and then you might get a guy who will look at you. You look at him. You say, yep. Sub. <laughs> no like it's it's if you try to connect with a guy on that level he will leave you without washing his hands because he doesn't want to fuck with you that much that and you're just like, so it's bad and like it's not clean you want to talk about unclean <laughs> men are fucking disgusting like i went into many a, st- a bathroom stall and had to switch to the other stall because it's just <laughs> not the best yeah yeah it's not fun again it's a lonely place the men's bathroom that's so sad. I, I hope that we can change that in the future we need you know what we need is more movies about men being able to connect with each other is what oh we yeah need. Oh, oh, oh excuse me i love you man which is one of my favorite yes. comedies of all time i love you man being able to be vulnerable with your friends is so important exactly exactly and, and say hey and that that's one of the reasons why i have found that i have very strong relationships with with my male friends i think I like a lot of my male friends now have very close relationships with each other. But I think when I was in high school, I had a lot of male friends because mm-hmm. they did like that, like, you know, the ability to to actually say, hey, you know what? I care about you and not mm-hmm. have to be like, oh, no, no, homo man. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Just, like, just oh, actually, I fucking hate you, dude. I love Anyways. you, dog. No homo. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Like, high school is so weird uh, <laughs> now. And then, like, uh, it would be funny every time I would say something that sounded remotely uh uh, homoerotic pause like that was like that was my pause <laughs> like oh yeah man like i just had the tip pause like it was just like shut up man i'm trying to connect <laughs> we're trying to connect to each other man come on but now the me but and my be- best friends we say we love each other all the time all see, the time and that's that's so great because like yeah. i do feel like there is even is a big difference in like when we were growing up like in high school and stuff and now like even like you look like i love you man came and not i love you man um super bad came out the year that i graduated high school boop, and i boop. feel like I yeah, love like my best friend ever. That you know, it did take moment. It did take getting shit faced with your friend to be able to be like, I am. I know that we give each other shit constantly, and our mm-hmm. entire friendship is predicated on just constantly mocking each other. But uh, are you gonna think I'm weird if I tell you that I actually do like you and enjoy our friendship? Like, right, right, right. It, yeah, it, it was. It was a hard thing to say. You know, it is. It is. Uh, last thing I'm gonna say before we go because we're at an hour and seventeen. We said this was gonna be short, but you we're know, supposed how we to be get. talking short. But yeah, you know, literally. I mean, like, I'm uh, trying to talk about our films of the year. That's a big, big thing. In a, in a film that was not great at all that came out in 2021, like at all, was Cinderella. But there was this, the Camilla Cabello one. Yeesh. Uh, but. And, was asking for another Cinderella remake honestly too that's the worst part of it all it, it reminds me of a cheap imitation of the uh 
uh, the hammers thing, the hammers, whatever. The brandy with the, Cinderella. The brandy Cinderella. Yeah. It reminded me of a cheap imitation of that. But there is, there is, there, there's some moments. But there's this one particular moment where the prince is talking to his, uh, his confidant, and he's like, he, at one point, he says something about a best friend, and then uh, he was like, he was like, as as the as the prince's best friend, I think he should go to the ball, and he like walks away, but then he comes back. I am your best friend, right? And then the <laughs> prince is like. I have a lot of friends. Of course, you're my best friend. You beautiful human. It's like it's just one of those hilariously like kind of sweet moments. It's just yeah. random too because yeah. they never bring it up and it never it wasn't like predicated at all. You're just like, <laughs> okay. That reminds me of that TikTok audio where it's like, yeah, we're best friends. You, you call me your best friend. Oh yeah, we're best friends. You said that one time, right? Like you said it first. <laughs> Otherwise, I would never say that. And I know that that's like actually like Tr- Trisha Paytas and that other guy. And I'm not like a yeah. Trisha Paytas fan under yeah. any circumstances. No, yeah, no, but know. that audio, like, it's been used so many times that it's like burned in my brain. And it's mm. I do find it like hilarious the way it's been used. But that's there fine. are so there's two things films that I want to bring up real quick. Um, and that's just obviously Shang Chi is one of. One Ooh, of my favorite films of the how year. How do we go without saying Shang Chi? Well, you mentioned the bus scene. Um, I did. I did. And we're like, covered. Shang Chi is. I just. I was blown away by how much I love this movie. Like literally. Um. I've. I've. I think that all three of the Marvel films that came out this year are good, but Shang Chi. Mm. I was not expecting. Shang Chi is on a tier of its, its own. And like mm. it. It also has one of my favorite scenes of the year, which is um the forest fight scene between Wen Wu mm. and Shang Chi's mother. Yeah, um, that scene, like that's one of the most transcendent, uh, f- filming, uh, filming scenes, whatever that I <laughs> that I've yeah. ever seen in a Marvel film. Like we're talking about, you know, broadening, opening up to new genres, um, and mm-hmm. cre- incre- increasing um, a different kind of vibe into the MCU. And and this right. film just did that. It felt like such a love letter to like Chinese cinema, like Chinese yeah. like. Um, martial arts films like i am a huge fan of crouching tiger hidden dragon mm-hmm. um i i think it's such beautiful feminine storytelling i love the characters hero house of flying daggers i just think that it it was just it's it's so incredible that this we got a marvel movie that is this beautiful and like this it genuinely feels like um destin daniel Cretton like actually wanted to be able to pay homage to to films like that yeah. In in the in the MCU, which was just it was just so cool, and I love that scene so much. It's one of the most like just visually just pure, wonderful exper- viewing experiences I've had in an MCU movie ever. Um, mm. And I just yeah, I love the whole movie. I know that people are like, oh, it has the same like end credit, uh, end battle yeah. stuff, but yeah. I also feel like it kind of leans in still into like the traditional Chinese cinema in in like the final battle. He fights battle with too. a dragon. He yeah. fights with a dragon. <laughs> it gets it gets it gets esca- it escalates really really big. Yeah, <laughs> and I, love yeah. It. I mean, it, and I and I'm one of the ones who say like, yeah, it still has like the giant like CGI MCU formula third act fight. Like I get it, but if you're gonna do it. The dragon shit was cool. Like yeah, the yeah. dragon shit was fucking cool. That that fucking Dragon Ball Z Kamehameha ha was like the shit. And yes. I want to see more of that. Like I want more of that. Yes. Uh, but I was really just again, it's it's so different that it feels weird that it's in the MCU almost because you know it you does, have because we talk about the bus scene. The bus scene is fantastic. Yes. I want to talk about the fucking like scaffolding scene. Mm. Where like he and uh, uh Jai Ling, I'm hope I'm saying that right, is like taking on Death Dealer and like the whole entire like uh, Ten Rings. The fucking camera work in that is so fantastic, and yeah. that reminded me so much of like Jackie Chan yes. martial arts choreography. 
And that and that is what I loved. And so like getting all that, getting the bus scene, then getting like the fight between him and his sister. I feel like, you know, the movie could have did anything after that. And I still would have walked out of that getting more yes. than my fill of Absolutely. what, you know, showing. and I feel like that's what that's what makes Shang-Chi and movies like Black Panther worthwhile, because you get more than your fill by the time it gets to that third act yeah. of, you know, debauchery, if you want and to then talk to let me. alone like the care the attention to detail with the cultural details you know mm-hmm. the way that he interacts um with katie's family and like the yeah. shoes details uh but then also like the, the interpersonal relationships his yes. relationship with his sister like when Wu, i said this before at the time like he felt like he was a, like a co-lead to the movie like yes. what mm-hmm. a fucking change such a great for villain. a villain such yeah. a great villain yeah amazing his relationship like with katie like i really was like wow I'm actually seeing authentic like male and female platonic relationships on screen although i cannot wait for shang chi to have a love interest like let's make <laughs> that happen asap yes just yes not katie um, but, but yeah, like I just, it just, it, I really, I was, I was absolutely well. Like that was a huge highlight to me at the Eternals premiere was actually getting to briefly talk to Dustin Daylon Credit and I'd be like, right. Oh my God, I just think you're amazing. <laughs> like you just, you blew my mind with your work. I am so like, I cannot wait to see what you do next. Like you want to know something is like, I've been like thinking about this too. I think this was the first year in a long time where DC and Marvel have, been equally almost equally matched like yeah that's a good point yeah you know like the i know that i know the only dc movie that we got this year was well shit they did we did get wonder woman well also justice league I, well was wonder woman last year wasn't it last year was i it think last it was year? 2020 i think eight, okay 84. please please let wonder woman 84 be 2020 <laughs> it was 2020 because I really didn't like that movie. Yeah. Like I mean, I didn't. I didn't it I was didn't 2020. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. okay but I do God. think that it was pretty, pretty mid tier. Yeah. Nah, it was below mid tier. I, I still me. really like, I like, like, to me, if I like the characters and I like certain things, like I, the 80s vibes, the tone was all over the place. The story yeah. was not my favorite. I feel like the script Villain needed was too a cartoony. lot of work. I actually like Kristen Wiig a lot. And I, I love like Pedro Pascal Wig. too. And I felt like, yeah. you know, it was a bit of a wasted opportunity, but I still had moments that I enjoyed out of it. So I was like, eh, whatever. But yeah. But yeah, I think but, like but, um, Snyder League, Cut. Snyder Cut. Snyder, yeah. Snyder Cut was really good, and then um, uh, Suicide. The Suicide Squad was yeah. fucking banger. So I wasn't the biggest fan of Snyder Cut, but I understand the appeal. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it was an improvement. I like the Snyder Cut. Let's get fucking Ray Fisher back. Is, yeah. And plus, like I, I still, I still think of Ezra Miller's Flash reversing fucking time. Like I, I well, sit in my is, quietest He was probably the character I, I like the most. Like he, yeah. he was a, he's a very well written, great. great cast, um, yeah. great casting, well, well written. Yeah, I, I tell you, when I tell you, like when I'm sitting there alone, just wandering off into my daydreams, <laughs> trying to escape this sad reality that I've built for myself, <laughs> I think of Ezra Miller saying to himself, "All right, Barry, you gotta break, the, you gotta break your one rule. You gotta do it. And you gotta do it now." <sighs> <laughs> and he takes the fuck off. I think about that shit all the well, time. Well, Flash is your boy, too, so. I'm just saying. I'm just, that's my guy. Like, so the last, that. and this is uh, this is my hard question. How many times so have we said that? The last movie I'm going to bring up. Drink. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's really important to bring up because I feel like people are going to exclude it on a lot of lists. Okay. Um, Inside. Oh, 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 yeah, I was going to say, yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. I, I, there's yes. been, I've noticed that it's like this new trend 
um, maybe not new, but like popular. It's very popular now to be like, mm. Bo Burnham is overrated. And nothing that Bo oh Burnham says God. is uh, actually that uh, intelligent. It, like, oh, people who like Bo Burnham, it's like, oh, well, you just, everybody likes it. It's like lowest common denominator. Um, hi. Uh, let me introduce you to a little thing called stand-up comedy, where the entire point of it is to be as relatable to as broad of an audience as possible. Also, Bo Burnham um, didn't even go to college. Like, he's he's a very intelligent man, but he's never pretended to be like, I am a philosopher. He's yeah. a comedian. He's if your criticism of him is, oh, my God, like, pff, it's not revolutionary for a white guy to say this stuff. No fucking shit. That's like no half shit. the point of the shtick. Like... <laughs> I just I don't know. I feel like it's really like like post like it's it, it feels very like hyper aware that you're not actually understanding. Like people are like, oh, like it's just it, uh, it it's such a surface level commentary. Yes, <laughs> correct. It you're is. Correct. It is, in fact, comedy, not a treatise on <laughs> fucking philosophy <laughs> since, since when since when are you trying to write your fucking dissertation on fucking a stand-up it's i mean it's just it's it's amazing i think it's i think it's you know i think it's genre breaking i think it's um his work on like uh eighth grade for example shows oh that my gosh it's my favorite a24 film so good like yep. the fact that he produced and directed this special is honestly kind of even more impressive to me than the fact that he like wrote and performed it like he did everything it's yeah. it's really really well done on those mm. fronts um but yeah like the actual <laughs> the the actual content of it the main purpose is comedy and also like you know i, I feel like it's i feel like 2020 was was a fucking nightmare of a year it was yeah and like that is our form of coping with comedy is like laughing together at how fucking he, mutually he depressed us, we were he gave us something that was a time capsule to 2020 yes he gave us something to think on and marinate on something to relate to mm -hmm. when it comes to our experience with 2020 and not only just relating to 2020 but just like our mental health all together yep he gave us something that we could fucking laugh at. He gave us something that we could fucking marvel at the visuals and the fucking craft that came with it. Yep. And he did it all while making jokes about his dick and his fucking <laughs> his fucking de uh, deteriorating uh, sanity while creating it. Yes. Like and there are even people who are like, oh, like it's, you know, it's it's all crafted. It's just a persona like he's writing about sexting and he has a living girlfriend. Like yes, again yes. I never uh, sexted your living girlfriend. Like, I don't. I don't understand what the criticism is. Like it's uh, yeah. Like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> you're, you're just you're just proving the point that he made a very very outstanding comedy special. Like I I think that he is you know a very you know uh, smart and um, insightful guy, and I think that mm. he is able to speak to something that it, some people even like have a hard time accessing, and we can all relate to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that it's, I think that his special did exactly what it was supposed to do. And it's like a technical marvel. The fact that, yes. that just one person did it and you know, yes, he did it from his guest house. He's not really in like a tiny little apartment. It's, he's speaking to an experience that we yeah. can all relate to, which is something to be said. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of criticism of comedians who get big and then get out of touch. And I do think mm -hmm. that he's been able, even if it is like tapping into an experience that he doesn't necessarily relate to on the level that he used to anymore 
the fact that he can tap into it and understand the universal experience is still yeah. incredibly impressive and still his yeah. job as a comedian. So Exactly. And I the think fact it's amazing. that you're saying all of this while people are still, still using his songs to create videos on TikTok and yes. memes and such. I'm just saying, have some self-awareness. Also, they're have just bangers. Self- like, they're he actually, bangers. like, he's also just a genuinely talented musician. Like, it's mm-hmm. just it's You know how amazing. many times I wake up and debate whether I want to make content and Bo Burnham's shit song pops into my head <laughs> i'm not really feeling like i want to get lit tell us how you feeling well i feel like shit well yeah feeling like a big goat massive sack of shit like that just it's now the soundtrack to my fucking big life motherfucking duffel bag, oh, bag of, shit. of shit shit well <laughs> but i mean then i feel like you and i like i feel like i also was like wow like i had just started creating content i feel like a lot of it speaks specifically to like being a content creator like i feel like yeah. you know and i i think that it's a universal experience too of like a lot of people yeah. when we went inside we projected our persona more exclusively online yeah but yeah being a content creator it also i was like wow this is really honing in on my experience hey man i already already know what you're about to say Oh, yeah. I'm sorry I was gone. But look, I made you some content. Daddy made you your favorite. <laughs> Open wide. <laughs> I think that's a great note to end the show on. I think so. Yeah. Open I think wide. We, we covered everywhere. a lot. And I, I'm going to, we'll, maybe we'll touch base again. Maybe, maybe that'll be the last. Maybe we'll do like a special, like um, New Year's Eve uh, special Ooh, or something. And we can fun. have like a, a official list. I've got homework to do until then. So no, that I can... seriously. So do I. We need to catch up on a lot of shit. We, <laughs> we need do. to catch up on a lot of fucking movies. And we'll talk all about it come New Year's Eve. Yes. Trust, trust, trust. Awesome. All right. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, we didn't even do the fucking intro. Like, the song will be on there at least. Yeah, but yeah. Welcome, <laughs> wel- welcome, and goodbye to Geeks of the Week, everyone. We will see you next week with the next episode. Hopefully yes. with a guest. Maybe. We'll see. We're flying by the seat of our pants at this point. <laughs> we are, but no. We, we, I was literally, I've been talking to like three people about this, about how like we never really intended to stop having guests. We just, we both got so busy that coordinating oh became impossible. Fucking God. Going to going to Chicago pretty soon too. Oh like, my god, you're just. Yeah. I mean, I I I'm traveling and you're traveling like three times as much as me. You've got your plate is so goddamn full, dude. It's insane. <laughs> your plate is full too. Like that, and that's good. We're working. We're yeah. working. We're, we're both we're both killing it. That's all. That exactly. Matters. See, see, guys, and we we're love doing you guys. All right. We're doing all right. We appreciate. It. <laughs> you can't see the thumbs up if this doesn't make video, but double, we're doing I'm all giving, right. I'm giving the double thumbs up because I'm so good. <laughs> Let's hold it until the until we end it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it wasn't scary at all. Don't worry.